I'm going to make a statement and raise your hand if you agree with me. The world we live in has gone plum crazy. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Hello, everyone. This is Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. You know it because you tuned in by your own choice, right? Right. Yes. Here's the thing we're talking about today. Like in the intro, I said, our world is crazy. I think that's a bit judgmental. So, riddle me this, as they say. The, the people that have the loudest microphones right now say, abolish the police. Right. We don't need those guys. Right. Oh, and that statue over there is oppressing me. Right. Tear it down. Right. Uh, This is today's generation. Have you ever thought about this? What is our next generation going to be doing? (sighs) Yeah. Look, Look backwards a couple of generations, and you have the grandparents of these children. Mm Mm-hmm. Going across the world to defend the freedoms that they're now, bro, enjoying less than a hundred years. Right? Oh yes, absolutely. It hasn't been that long. Absolutely. So if 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 the trajectory goes that quick from what has been dubbed by by some modern historians as mm-hmm. the greatest generation, yeah, I would where, agree with where, that. where where are we headed? So let, let me ask you this as we jump right into this discussion today on Kingdom Speak. So thank you for joining us. If you Absolutely. If you're not a subscriber already, let's get a plug in early. Yeah. But boy, we've been getting some good Oh man. Good reviews. That's right. That Go Bible contest. Man. That we may have to sacrifice another goat in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're not kidding. That's right. Uh, come on. Ugh. We want to know what percentage of our podcasters just got that. That's right. Let us know if you got Comment that. Comment with a goat if you yes. like this or not. Yes. <laughs> so, like I said, if you haven't subscribed already, wherever you're joining us from, do us a favor and subscribe. We certainly thank you for the support we've received so far. Um, yeah, tell your friends. Get the word out get there. Get it out. The... So I think it's easy. The low-hanging fruit is to say we live in a, you know, and that's how we started the, the, the podcast today. We live in a crazy generation. Sure. I think, and you think, which is why we're doing this episode, we should look at how we got here. Right. Do you right. suppose that how our generation was raised with the culture and the... um set of guiding principles that were used. Do you suppose that had an impact? On on where we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How we're raised is everything. Absolutely. Uh, you, you can look at, at history. And I know we've been talking about modern history in the sense of the last hundred years, but but this this has been demonstrated as you look back at history, mm-hmm. even to a biblical time mm-hmm. where a generation, you can, you can, 
you can look at a generation that has gone completely awry and then trace it back yes to where it left the rails yes where yes. it left the rails um i know in in the previous episode on control freaks we we mentioned that here we, we didn't want to oversimplify the solution right to the to the chaos in the world but if everybody would just control themselves mm. this would be fixed our world would be fixed so I, I think that's where it has to start. You know, that message has resonated because that Control Freak episode is one of our most shared and, sure is. and listened to episodes. It is. Uh, so I think people are really looking at themselves in the mirror and looking you know, at what they see on the news and say, what's going on? And I think what you said is absolutely, absolutely what has to happen because there's a, there, there needs to be less of this. Yeah. And more of an introspection of what, what's, you know, there is, um, if, if the equilibrium of entitlement and responsibility gets out of whack, mm -hmm. then you have a generation that is, is demonstrating like it is right now. We are entitled to this. Where does your responsibility for fixing it, not... You know, protesting something is not necessarily fixing anything. Mm. So where 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 do you come to the table with bearing your responsibility? If the only thing you do is stand in the street and shout about your, what you're entitled to. That's right. Rather than showing up in the morning at the job site and, and demonstrating mm. responsibility. That's right. It's one thing if you say, look, I've worked at this business for all of my life. Yes. And, okay, this is the guy I'm going to listen to when he stands yes. up and says, yes. I think we need to do this. Yes. Right? And if we don't start talking about this, mm -hmm. okay, the next generation is going to be exponentially worse. Man, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what, what are we going to be tearing down in 100 years? Is there going to be anything left? I'm not sure if there's going to be anything to tear down in 100 years. Okay, so the, the shift has to start first and foremost with looking at ourselves. And I think that the church needs to realize the role mm. that if God tarries, it has in reversing mm. this chaos that, that, that is running rampant in the streets. So I, I want, I want to, I want to kind of let's segue and mm. unpack this a little bit mm. By looking at Jeremiah. Okay. <clears throat> Jeremiah really obviously saw this. You know, he was the weeping prophet. So it makes you wonder if he was if he wasn't living in, in a society that was much similar to what we're in right Anybody now. Anybody doing any weeping out there? Yeah, exactly. Mark them that are sighing <laughs> and crying. Legit. A lot of crying inside right now with a lot Legit. of people. You know, um, not sure, not sure that Jeremiah would have a social media account if he was alive today. But Oof. what what would he be saying? But really, there is nothing new under the sun. History only repeats itself. So let's look. Jeremiah chapter number seven mm -hmm. describes something that I think um, may help us get a better understanding of 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 maybe an area that we can target mm -hmm. that may not have short-term benefit 
but but can yield a pretty significant result. So verse 25, since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day, I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Verse 26, he outlines three things. Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, mm. but hardened their neck. Now here it is. This is where the trajectory continues. And they did worse than their fathers. Worse. So, bro, if God tarries, there is going to be a generation that does worse than what we're experiencing right now. It's hard to even perceive what that would be. Absolutely. But, man, our philosophy comes out in the next generation, doesn't it? It does. Right. What we do in moderation, the cliche. You're like, oh, no. Our children do in excess. I'm, I'm doing this. Look, there's no, everything is fine. Yeah, it's no. working out good. You know, I have the best belief system ever. And then, okay, well, how about the children? But what it's not delivering. <laughs> it's not delivering. So I think what you've just said, literally right there, the children is where we have to address it. That's These right. young adults that... And I'm not trying to target them because I think it's broader than just that. But 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 children mm-hmm. that do not know how to hearken, mm-hmm. do not know how to listen, mm-hmm. and harden their neck, oh my. become citizens that do not know how to hearken, do not know how to listen, and harden their neck. Here is here is here is a bombshell revelation. Undisciplined children. Grow up to be undisciplined citizens. Oh, I want a Bible bomb. <laughs> Listen to this. There it is. Wow. There undisciplined. It is. Now, here, here's, here's the biblical proof. Read verse 28. Thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation yeah. that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. So guess what? When these little kiddos grow up, and they have not been taught to hearken. They have not been trained to listen. They have hardened their neck. They become a nation yep. that despises correction and will not obey the voice of the Lord their God. Here is here's another thing. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Wow. Does that not describe our generation right now? So truth starts to die in the home. It begins it begins the long mm. the long-term death that march to cessation starts when children are so, not disciplined. So this really does this is so closely connected with control freaks in a sense that if you want to change the world change your home. Absolutely. You know that cannot be overrated people controlling themselves Mm -hmm. is where it starts. Mm -hmm. And then when those people get married, controlling their home and their children, Mm -hmm. and they produce a generation. This is why I think that that this, this, this is the optimist in me. Mm -hmm. I think that the apostolic movement is set 
up to be the leaders of the next generation. Because mm. we don't just raise our children to protest what's happening. We raise them to control themselves in a disciplined manner. Mm. We train them, and they need to be the managers of the next generation. They need to be the business leaders of the next generation. Yeah. Have you ever been in a restaurant? I think I know where this is going. When one of those families show up and yeah. suddenly you can't even focus on your meal anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a little bit of training does. Oh, you know, but the flip side of that, I was eating, uh, I think we were in Florida. Uh, maybe this has been probably a year ago. That'd be nice right now. Wouldn't it though? <laughs> well, I don't know about right now. Oh, that's man. the hot spot for the virus. I guess we could. Well, I would just go off the coast and just sit there. Yeah. Idle. Let, <laughs> let the yacht idle. So we're sitting in this nicer restaurant and this family that has about, there's no exaggeration, 10 or 11 children. Wow. They, they file out. We had observed them mm -hmm. across the, across the dining area. They were very well behaved, mm -hmm. very mannerly, mm -hmm. very polite. And every one of the kids walked out carrying one of the younger siblings. Mm -hmm. And the mom walked by and the dad walked by without carrying a diaper bag, without carrying anything. Mm -hmm. It was it was an absolute expression of orderliness. Mm -hmm. And we complimented them mm -hmm. on that on the way by. It's not the norm nowadays. But it is not the norm. But that right there is a family. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what their denomina denominational preferences, although I would say that they probably are a faith-based mm -hmm. family unit, mm -hmm. that is a family unit that is being raised that will help keep our society on track. They will be a contributor yeah. to society. They're like an ambassador. Rather than a sucker on the side of it. And you know, you know <clears throat> a trained child produces a trained adult. It does. And I've been around I've been around people where you see how they interact and you can tell they've had training. Yes. Just how they interact with people. You see them in a situation where I would be like, man, I would be angry right now. Like this guy messed up his steak. <laughs> right. That's an easy one to pick. Or right. you know, something, a high tense situation, and you're like, wow, that person really handled themselves. It sticks out even as you go on in life. You know, uh, I, I think that there there needs to be a delineation here, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this a bit more. But let let me let me make this point right here. In raising that generation, mm -hmm. okay, I, I understand you're not even entitled to talk about this. You don't even have a dog, <laughs> let alone a kid. So, but we'll we'll I'm play. just a young punk. Yeah. <laughs> We'll let you play in this arena for a minute. I have a son. God's blessed me with a, the greatest gift he could ever give me. Yeah, He's Jared, actually here all right. He's running all right the guy. camera right now. We're training him. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Um, if, if we are going to turn this trajectory around mm -hmm. that Jeremiah saw in his day, mm -hmm. we see it in our day that they're doing worse than their fathers. Mm -hmm. If we turn it around, we have to train our kids to hearken, mm -hmm. obey. Mm -hmm. Obedience is a learned behavior. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. 
So to insinuate that your child comes pre-programmed for obedience. That's very, that's very interesting. Yeah. Obedience is a learned behavior. So you shouldn't be shocked if he doesn't naturally obey. Right. And I think it's the height of ignorance to think that he will without parental involvement. So, yeah, go ahead. So Jeremiah is saying, train that kid to Mm -hmm. hearken. Mm Mm-hmm. Train them to obey. Mm. Train them to listen. Mm -hmm. And then I believe that the third expression of of how we reverse this, which is keeping them from developing hardened neck syndrome, is by the proper implementation of obeying and hearkening. And I think one of the cardinal, cardinal, grievances mm. when it comes to parental error is nagging. <laughs> now I'm not telling you again. And then what do they do? They tell, tell them again. Tell them again. Now listen, <laughs> I've told you for the last time, I'm not telling you again. That's it. <laughs> you, yeah. And, and finally there is this stiff neck syndrome that, that engages in that kid. Now, now, he is he being Jeremiah is is tying this. You can read it contextually for yourself. He is tying this to to Israel who's brought out of Egypt mm-hmm. and have been it has been demonstrated what nagging does. Pharaoh, man, 10 times over was told, we're going to take these people. We're going to take these people. You're Let right. them go. You're Let right. them go. Let him go. And what did he do? Every time he hardened his neck. If if we've got a generation Mm -hmm. that is, let's talk about this one, not Mm -hmm. not about the one that we're trying to raise right Mm -hmm. now, but let's talk about the one that has been raised right now. Mm -hmm. The idea that I speak once and then I act Mm -hmm. is contributing. Yeah. The breakdown of that fundamental core when someone in authority speaks, we listen, we hearken. Wow. But weren't, we, we weren't raised this way. I was warned 14 times. Mm. And then things escalate and escalate and escalate until chaos ensues. And, and Jeremiah is stating, listen, the reason that this generation is doing worse than their fathers is they were never trained to obey, never trained to listen and they developed a stiff neck against that voice of authority. Hmm. So I think to break it down and reverse that, we do the exact opposite. All right, Johnny, when I speak, I'm going to act. I'm not going to nag you. Mm -hmm. I am not going to badger you. And we'll break that down a little bit farther. But this automatically segues into the next point where I think it is a fundamental mm-hmm. fundamental it's fundamental that we delineate between these two these two approaches to parenting the difference between training mm-hmm. and disciplining mm-hmm. and really yeah go ahead this has a whole lot more to do than just this this application has a whole lot more to do than with simply just how we raise our kids this is approach to life I think as a non-parent, full disclosure, but I, 
I think about this issue, and I think it's natural to automatically assume, well, when things aren't going right, well, discipline seems to be what you should do. If you're trying to fix something. Sure. But when you say train, sure. Explain explain how training should should be your first go-to. Right. Okay, Solomon said it mm-hmm. in Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I I love Proverbs, but I heard a guy say earlier this week that Proverbs is not a book that you can sit down and read four chapters of. Yeah. Because every every verse appears to be a universe of its own. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but he's but Solomon says in Proverbs, I believe it's 22. Mm-hmm. He said, train up a child. Yeah. In the way that he should go. So it doesn't say discipline him up. It does not say discipline up that child. But you are to train up a child. Mm-hmm in the way that he should go. Hmm. Discipline is what you do when training fails. All right. Discipline is not the first thing that you do. You should never discipline someone you've never trained. Hmm. So the root word that Solomon uses there, I find intriguing because for starters, it's only used four times throughout the entirety of Scripture. To train up that child actually means to dedicate that child. Wow. Two of the four times it is used in Scripture, it is used to talk about when Solomon Mm -hmm. was training the temple Mm -hmm. or dedicating the temple. Mm -hmm. So here he has this new temple that that he's just finished constructing. And he sets up this, this absolutely extravagant dedication ceremony. Yep. It's quite a bash. Where he is going to train the church, train the temple the temple. That's a lot of work. That is a ton of work. A lot that, of money. It's strategy. Yeah. It's synchronization. It is setting it up. Think about this. Wow, that's pretty cool to think about. Think about this. 22,000 oxen Mm -hmm. and 120,000 sheep. Any goats? We're part. (laughs) Yeah, you're looking for that free Bible again, aren't you? I love my Bible. (laughs) 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep. Number one, let's talk about the expense. Man. There's a lot of cost Oof. that goes into the proper dedication and training of a child. Now let's talk about the time. Mm. How long did it take to kill 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep? Hmm. It's a process. Training is not the act of a moment. It is something that takes time and solomon took the necessary time to train and dedicate that temple Mm -hmm. for us to think that we're going to be able to train our kids in one five-minute session Mm. 
set down, whip, bam, boom, and then discipline them the rest of the way to the successful moral mm. agents that we desire them to be is really naivety mm. on a gross level. So that's going to be number one priority, training. Training is absolutely the number one priority. It wow. is. And you can't allow anything to come between you and that responsibility. The other time that is used, besides when Solomon uses it, mm -hmm. is in Deuteronomy 20 and 5. The officers shall speak to the people saying, is there any man who has built a new house and has not dedicated it mm. or trained it? If so... The conflict that we are we are headed into is not worth that man leaving his home lest he die in the battle. And another man step in and dedicate the house. Wow. So you better stick around and you better stick around. Do your training. <laughs> you better make you better never let a career stand between you hmm. and training that child. You better never let any personal pursuits stand between you. Listen. This is how we fix. Mm -hmm. This is how we set our kids up to be the leaders that are absolutely missing. How many times have you heard in stories where people do bad things and they talk about it later and they always say, you know, my dad was never there for me or my mom was never there for me. Uh, just thinking about that right now when you were, you were just saying that, how, man... You don't want someone else training your child. Dad, mom, you don't want someone else training your child. Don't leave that up to the pastor. Don't leave it up to the school. God's blessed us with great, a great Christian school. But really, mm. training is first and foremost the responsibility of the parent. Michael Pearl made a pretty strong statement in one of the books he, he wrote on this topic. He said, if you have duties outside the home that prevent you from properly rearing your children, give your duties back to mm -hmm. the devil. Hmm. I think he's um, pretty successfully articulated his position on the role that training <laughs> takes. Who exactly does that belong in to? In the home. <laughs> so you can never, you, 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 we, we can't confuse training with discipline. Mm -hmm. Don't discipline up a child in the way that it should go. You train up a child. Well, you're going to raise them with a flinch, I would think, if all you do is discipline them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. doesn't discipline become abuse if that's all it is? Oh, absolutely it becomes that. If you're disciplining a child that you've never trained, I think that is abuse. Well, I need to do a Bible bomb there. And he's found a new button, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, we're going all out today. He likes that. I don't, I don't think we can overemphasize. It is impossible to overemphasize the role that training takes. Mm. Mm. If you'll train a child properly in private, you won't have to discipline them in public. If I may digress for one moment, and I've been... So you, you made the assertion at me that I did not even own a dog. And I'm actually looking at owning a dog. Let me know how that goes for you. One of the cool things about owning a dog is that you have to do more than discipline it. You have to train it. You do. 
if all you do, and if my only interaction with the dog is going to be discipline, I'll never get it to do anything. Now, there may be a point where if it's not doing what I need it to do, and sure. if it won't stay off the middle of the road, I may have to introduce some negative forces into its life. Absolutely. Right? Right. But what you're saying is that no, no amount of discipline can make up for a lack of training. Exactly. No amount of discipline. So the time that you spend training mm. the pooch mm. is going to benefit you. Hey, this happened last night. We were up at our property, mm. and these, these girls, two young neighbor girls, show up with their side-by-side -side mm. and two large labs. Mm -hmm. And it was the embodiment of out-of-controlness. I'm they, trained. <laughs> they could not get those dogs oh, man. in control. That speaks that speaks of a lack of training. And it makes the owner look bad, doesn't it? It does so. <laughs> okay, and this is what happens. The frustration level just gets higher and higher because now yep. they're embarrassed because their dog yep. is running around the fire and, and licking all the kids' ice cream cones. Yep. And, and they can't stop it. Yep. They can't stop it. So it speaks to the, the absolute lack of training. So when I see the child lying on the floor in the supermarket. <laughs> oh, it's going to get real now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know I'm reading the mail of all of our listeners. Oh, he's moment. in the spirit right now. Okay. Kicking and screaming and foaming at the mouth because they're not getting their Reese's peanut butter cups or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the go-to is mm -hmm. at that moment. The last thing that child needs at that moment is some out-of-control parent to rip it up by the arm and drag it. Mm. Am I the only person that's witnessed this? Oh, man. And it's an overreaction. It's a complete overreaction. And it is unproductive. Yep. That lets me know that the parent is embarrassed mm. Mm. and that at the home there is not the adequate level of training that is taking place. Mm. And so at that moment, no amount of discipline mm. will make up for the lack of training. Let's not talk about when kids come to church. <laughs> we'll just keep it at the supermarket. We'll put that behind the paywall. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to do yeah. something different. Um, it's interesting to see how parents interact with children, like you just said, and the tone of how they talk to them. I've seen, and it catches my attention, some parents have to raise their voice to get their children's attention. Other parents, they just say the name of the child and the child is like, whoa, somebody needs my attention right now. Or here's a novel idea. I think the Bible even says this. Oh, don't bring the Bible. Here we go. You can guide them with your eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really... How many, now th this is, this is the home I was brought up in. Mm -hmm. My dad could look at me <laughs> and when he would look at me, that said a lot. <laughs> Nonverbal communication 101. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My entire insides just turned to mush 
when he looked at me. Mm -hmm. So tone is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Tone is a big deal. Something that really does concern me is when I see parental frustration mm -hmm. escalating to the point that the tone of, of the communication, mm -hmm. the objective of the communication is lost in the tone that it is mm -hmm. communicated in. Yeah. They're desiring that the child would hearken, that the child would obey, that the child would listen. Mm -hmm. But the objective is so camouflaged by the tone that is being used by the parent mm -hmm. that the objective is never attained. Do you think there's a... a you know, that does go for preaching, too. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Do you think there is a... So you were talking about hardened necks earlier. Do you think people develop calluses on their eardrums to voices? If all they ever hear is the scream, then it takes a scream to get their attention. There you go. So, interestingly enough, I, I had a discussion with an Amish... Um, guy in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. one year, and he made an interesting mm -hmm. observation. He said, we don't, we don't borrow horses mm -hmm. from other, other members in our, in our community unless we absolutely have to. Hmm. And I, I quizzed him on that. The reasoning was this. Everybody raises their horse and trains their horse differently. So if I'm going down the road, I want a horse. If I'm an Amish person, <laughs> we're talking horsepower now. If I'm on kingdom speak, we're entering the Amish zone. Yes. I'm not sure very many Amish folks will ever hear this. Shout out to all the Amish listeners. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Retweet us. <laughs> Can I do this? Can I do this? Here we go. Oh, he's got another button. What do you do? We're entering the Amish zone on Kingdom Speak. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Get Way on the wagon, man. We're Way going. off the rails. We're going. So I, as AKA Mr. Amish man, am going down the road with the horse I trained. Yeah. The 18 wheelers are passing by, whizzing by, just within feet. Man. I want my horse to stay focused. I don't want it to be easily spooked. Mm -hmm. So I've trained him that just with the lightest tapping of the reins mm -hmm. to respond to the directives, mm -hmm. to hearken mm -hmm. to the directives that, that I'm giving him. Something happens to the horse, they need to change the oil or whatever, <laughs> and uh, they give me the loner horse down at the local, ho local horse dealership. And now I'm going down the road mm. and I've got a horse that someone else has trained that the lightest tap of the reins mean nothing to it. I need to grab the whip and crack the whip. Mm. The tone of how that horse was trained mm. really at that moment becomes life or death. You can train your child to respond mm -hmm. to tone. And I've seen folks, and I've been subject to that, where when you sit down 
in their home, mm-hmm. the threshold. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking the about. The threshold is just a little higher than my personal comfort zone. Oh, I'm not used to this level. <laughs> yeah. And so unless they scream at the kid, mm. the kid doesn't even think they're serious. Mm-hmm. I have, as a pastor, have tried to communicate with kids like that. And you have to let them know right away. Listen, son, I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. And just because I'm not hollering at you mm. does not mean I'm not serious. That's right. So I have to train him at that moment, mm. retrain him at that moment. Yeah. That the lightest tap of the reins yeah, are just as effective as the whip. And I would submit, mm-hmm. I would submit that if you can work at keeping the tone right, mm-hmm. then then the emotions, it, the, the discipline that 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 absolutely will have to take place yep. at one point or another will be able to happen in a more controlled manner, which ultimately leads to a more effective outcome. Yeah, we're not anti-discipline, but no. we're saying less discipline effectively. Right. Yeah. One of the right when I was sixteen, I was way smarter than I am now. I wish I'd have really. Why didn't you come on the podcast then? Why don't more sixteen-year-olds write books and things like that? Yeah, because uh, I just remember talking about tone. I remember one of the most impactful things that um, that my dad said to me. Like I said, I was smart. I had the world figured out. I knew where I was, who I was, what I wanted to be, where I was going. And I remember in a discussion with my dad, and he said to me in a very controlled tone, we were, I think we were sitting at the kitchen table or maybe in the living room. And he, was, he said, I'm really disappointed in you. Mm. And he said that, and it was just like, that got through to me. Yeah. At that moment, that was the biggest rod. Pow. Yeah. That could I've be never, used. I've never forgotten it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that word fitly spoken that the Bible talks about. Just was, that. Right. Dropped in at the perfect time. Right. A masterful lesson that was taught. Right. Right. Now, that didn't work every time. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Oh, for sure. I, I think... Um, and we really don't have time to go into all of this. Mm. But fully understanding how to implement discipline. Mm-hmm. Discipline that is administered by undisciplined people is not effective. I would venture to say that if you're out of control mm. when you are disciplining your child, mm with the hopes of bringing your child under control. When you aren't in control yourself. When you're not in control yourself, it blows up in your face. And it's abusive. You need to stop. You don't ever need to be intimidated into going, do you know what? I am too emotionally charged right now to deal with the breach in the training. Mm -hmm. So go to your room. Mm -hmm. And I will be in when I can get control of myself. We need disciplined parents raising disciplined children. And, and the ultimate goal is self-discipline. 
That's the objective. Right? Isn't isn't that what we're all? But after? how can you raise a self-disciplined child when you are administering discipline in an undisciplined fashion? It's like the police officer telling you to slow down when he just drove through town at a hundred miles an hour. To tell you, yeah, to slow down. Yeah, I just arrived here from the other side of town to say slow down. <laughs> right. That, exactly. You have to model what you are desiring. Yeah, and I think it's important where these podcasts go everywhere. We have to say this. We don't condone abuse. We don't. Uh, we don't condone hurting people to hurt people. Listen, that's that is. I think possibly one of the most conflated, confused mm -hmm. topics: abuse and discipline. Mm -hmm. They are not the same thing. No, no, absolutely not. They are not the same thing. So to lump people together who are really trying to raise mm -hmm. a disciplined child mm -hmm. so that they are a self-disciplined adult and a disciplined citizen is not the same no as someone that abuses their child that's right that's so right. i would i would I, th this is a personal affront to me because mm -hmm. you don't even have a dog let alone a kid you've already said that once oh, okay i just wanted our audience to know that <laughs> that that you're going to insinuate that because I would discipline my child, mm. that I would abuse my child? Yeah, that's terrible. That's offensive to me. Yeah, it's terrible. When I can go to the restaurant, to the airport, to the to to the supermarket, yeah, to the to the park uh, in the municipality square, mm -hmm. and and I can see undisciplined parents mm -hmm. that don't discipline their kids. But in a heated rage, almost pull a limb off of the child. Yeah, the old chicken wing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I am the one that abuses my yeah. child. I refuse to wear that hat. You I'm, don't I'm, I'm not gonna wear that. No, no, I agree. And you don't want to live in a society where people are not disciplined. Or the only the only way that you can get them to coerce them into living somewhat disciplined is to abuse them. Well, that's tyranny, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Every problem is looks like a nail when all you carry is a hammer. Right. One guy said that always something like right. that. I butchered it, but you know what I'm saying. Right. So I I I think um let, let me give you this as an example. Pardon the personal reference. Well, it is your podcast, and, so I would expect it to be personal. And my son is here. Don't turn his mic on. But um, Don't shut the camera off, Jaron. Yes, yes. If this podcast gets sabotaged. Yeah, if it ends you, right now, then. You know, you yep. know. Something just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, bud. Um, let, let me give you a personal example. Mm. I can remember... Um, going to church and back when we could and stuff. And I had a pen in my pocket. I like mm -hmm. a nice pen. Mm -hmm. So I would be carrying my holding Jaron at whatever age he was, you know, a year old, 18 months, whatever. And it was like that pen was a magnet to the kid. And so he would, he would reach into my pocket mm -hmm. while I'm talking to different people <laughs> at church. And Shiny. he would pick it out. Shiny. And he would put it in his 
mouth and oh, salivate gross. all over it. Gross, Jaren. And keep gross. his mic off. Gross. And, and then before I Is knew it. Is that the pen you gave to me? Yeah. How are you enjoying that? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would drop it on the floor. And so I found myself, I know I'm, an, I'm, I'm, I'm the world's worst parent, but I found myself getting aggravated by this. Yeah. Because it was, number one, it was, it was a nice pen. And I didn't want it used as a pacifier. <laughs> and I did not want it dropped on the floor, threatening the longevity of its usefulness. And mm -hmm. then the interruption that it was that it that, that I personally was experiencing because now I, I I can't talk to you. I have to bend over and pick up my pen to simply put it back in my pocket mm -hmm. and have him reach for it again and grab it again. So Boy, you just got you just lit him up, didn't you? I did right oh, there yeah. in front of oh, God yeah. and everybody. Oh yeah. You eighteen month old rebel. Pardon me while I dislocate his arm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. It's, it's at that moment mm -hmm. that you've got to ask yourself a question. Does the child need discipline or does he need training? Oh, boy. <laughs> that's, that is the crux at that, mo at that moment. Mm. If, you, if, if, if you run by emotions, you'll try to discipline him into stopping at that moment. But if you really objectively zoom out, mm. you'll realize, you know what? The kid needs trained. So that's what we did. We, um, I remember talking with my wife mm -hmm. and saying, tonight when I come home from work, mm -hmm. it is don't touch the pen training night. <laughs> So did you like wire a pen up with 220 and stick it in your pocket? I did. <laughs> what I did do was go home and find the biggest, flashiest, Shiny. cheapest <laughs> Dollarama special pen. I had to get a reinforced pocket to hold the size of the pen. Okay. Then I sat down and I picked up my son. That's right. And he went for the pen. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> he, just, he just went there, didn't you, son? So he, he's acting like he don't remember. Yeah, never. Yeah, yeah. And I went, no, don't touch dad's pen. Mm -hmm. And he kind of looked at me like, what? I had three heads. What are you talking about? Anything that cheap, that ugly, that flashy <laughs> deserves to be an 18-month-old's pacifier. And he went for it again. And by a series of training, yep. training. Yep. Now listen, the benefit of this moment, mm -hmm. I know this is a simple example, but the benefit of this moment is the atmosphere is controlled. Yep. I went into this moment with my head in the right space. Yep. You're in full control of your emotions. I am in control yes. of me while I am attempting to control an 18-month-old to control themselves. Now, there would be those amongst us that would say, there ain't an 18-month-old that can do that. I beg to differ. Mm -hmm. He done it. And so, yes, I had to reinforce it the odd time with discipline. Mm -hmm. But because it was in a controlled environment, 
Mm. I didn't get emotionally involved. I was not embarrassed mm. in front of all of my peers to think that I'm a bad parent mm. and I've got a rebel for a son. Mm. And I, No, it was just me and my wife in the privacy of our own home. That is why I said earlier in the podcast, if you train in private, you won't have to discipline in public. Mm. You shouldn't have to discipline your child in church, in public, mm -hmm. if you are adequately doing the training in private. So let me put this little plug in there. Set up a scenario at home. Mm -hmm. Let's play church. Yeah. Now, we don't run up on the platform. We don't mm -hmm. scream and holler. We don't throw. We don't, we're in church. And you train them in that controlled environment. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They get it. Wow. They get it. Wow. And as goofy as this seems, that'll keep him from being one of these entitled mm -hmm. future generation, whatever they're going to label them as, mm -hmm. that's out protesting instead of demonstrating responsibility. He is protesting over his entitlement. Very interesting. Uh, I'm sure you've read in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, where he talks about, you know, there's a stereotypical uh, idea that has existed where specifically in math, uh, do you remember this part in the book where he's talking about how Asian children performed so much better for yes. years? In, yes. And it turns out they had a better method of training their children. Yes. It wasn't cultural at all. Yeah. I just thought of that right now. It's yeah. It turns out, yeah, you were just saying he was 18 months old, capable. Yeah. I think it. You, you can see videos on the internet of small children playing drums, and it's like, whoa. Yeah. No, he has put time into it. So he's 12 years old. He's running a camera right over here. Mm. He is. He is not screaming and hollering. Well, not at this moment. Yeah. He's not kicking over stuff. He's not interrupting anything. Mm -hmm. At 12 years of age, he's exemplifying a maturity mm -hmm. that is already useful in contributing to something. We can barely get producer Randy to do that. <sighs> Let's bring his parents on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your lack of training. <laughs> Think they'll come on, Randy, next week? You sure about that? To train up... <laughs> A child mm. to train up a child is like the planting of a tree that there is a bend mm -hmm. there's a bend in it mm -hmm. if you're wanting to correct the bend the lean mm -hmm. you do it as close to the time when it's planted as possible you don't go to a hundred year old tree that has a crook in it and fix it. It's already set. So too late. you it's too late. can establish the trajectory of that child that is that when they're old, mm. they will not depart from it. And I am just simple enough to believe that if the kingdom of God gets this part of making sure our family units are right, mm -hmm. making sure our kids are right, parents controlling themselves, and those parents teaching their children, training their children, and when necessary, when the training fails, disciplining their mm -hmm. children. You know, there's a whole aspect of discipline 
that you're not entitled to discipline someone you don't love. Hmm. The Lord chastens those that he Mm. loves. Don't you ever discipline someone that doesn't know whether you love them or not. But that parent that is in control of themselves, raising a child Mm -hmm. that can be in control of themselves, guess what they make? Mm. Excellent disciples. Mm. And those disciples go out into a world Mm-hmm. that is chaotic like the one that we are in yep and they turn it upside down they stick out they do mm. the children of the apostolic movement need to be the evangelists mm. the pastors mm-hmm. the missionaries mm. the business leaders the fortune 500 company absolutely they need to be that they need to be the mayors they need to be yep they need to be the ones and you know what the pool's pretty small. Yeah. The pool's pretty small. Mm-hmm. So while all of the other ones are out on a trajectory that is only going to be doing worse than their fathers, wouldn't it be a novel idea mm-hmm. to raise a generation that does better mm-hmm. than their fathers? All right. Have you torn down all the statues yet? Are you ready to listen to Pastor Daniel McKillop? Hopefully this episode you just heard will minister to you. Stop tearing all that stuff down and listen to the pastor. He has some wise words for you. Thank you again for joining us on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. This has been an awesome podcast, even if I do not... I almost said own any children. <laughs> That's terrible the way to use things. That would be objectifying them. I do not condone that. Neither does the pastor. However, we do want you to continue to listen to us on Kingdom Speak. Wherever you're joining us from, make sure you subscribe. YouTube, click the bell. Stay in the zone with us. And we will welcome you back again next week on another episode of Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop.